0: to talk it out where we discuss the weekend message. Uh, My name is Chase. I'm one of your hosts. I'm joined by Montana. Hello. Jeff. Hey. And Ross. That was out of order. I know I got confused. I I wanted to throw (laughs) y'all off. Keep you on your toesies even though we're all sitting. Anyway we are in part three of our grow series Mm -hmm. and uh, we talked about weeds on Sunday. So last week was seeds. First week was environments. This week was weeds, and I think the uh, the line that Josiah started off with that kind of set the tone for the message was, uh, for me to get rid of the weeds, I have to get in the weeds. And I when I heard him say that, I I kind of laughed a little bit because it's been a little rhymey, this series. Uh, but I I when he said that, I was like, yeah, like the idea of getting rid of obstacles, getting rid of the dead things that are growing, like you do, like you have to get dirty. And and I really actually appreciated when he talked about that like, you know, Jesus is alongside you. He's a gardener alongside of you. But like that idea that as you're doing this work, because you have to do the work, like you're not alone in doing it. Like God's with you, but you still have to do the work. And I think that's something that I have struggled with. And I see, you know, lots of people struggle with this kind of idea that, you know, if God's this all powerful God, he'll just do it. And we almost, especially... We just had this conversation about younger generations. Uh, Jeff, I know you and I, we've been student pastors, and I think that was something we saw in the students was just like, well, you know, God's just gonna do it or it's just not gonna happen. It's like, no, you have some responsibility and some mm-hmm. work to do in this as well. And so I want to start us off with talking about that idea: like, what does it look like for us to put in work when it comes to our spiritual journey, when it comes, whether it's the part of the weeds piece or just other things in our life, like how do we, how do we get our hands dirty? Like Josiah talked about, like, what does that really look like? And what role do we have to play in owning our faith?
1: I really liked how you talked about student ministry because, as Josiah was talking about, this message that was one of the things I kept kind of going back to because there were so many times as a student pastor that I would see these students kind of ride what we call like the camp wave. It's it's literally that picture of like the weeds kind of choking out the good plants or whatever, because they'd go to camp or they'd have some great experience and they would be on fire and ready to go. And then over the course of a month, there wouldn't actually be that much change in their life. And then they'd find themselves exactly where they were before they went to camp, mm-hmm. looking for the next kind of like big emotional moment for them. And so that's kind of where my mind went to. And it's that thing of like, actually not just wanting to do something, but actually doing it and actually putting yourself in a position where you can continue growing with God instead of just, I don't know, like in my head, it's like spraying weed killer on it, hoping for the best. Mm -hmm. And I've learned in my yard that that doesn't work.
0: That's a good question. What is, like, as you think about your faith and your spiritual journey, what is weed killer? Something that kind of the easy, oh, this should do it, but it doesn't actually work. Just how I was talking about
2: putting mulch on top of weeds. Mm -hmm. I thought about, because mulch is a good thing. It looks good and it helps your plants grow potentially. And so I think about doing good things without without addressing the real issue. So, like, we think... Oh, we've got real issues in our life or there's something going on deep within us, but we're just going to pray more or we're just going to read our Bible more or we're just going to go to church more and do all the right things thinking it's going to ultimately get rid of the things that are in our life when in reality, like we have to get into the weeds in order to be able to have the garden that we Desire. Cool.
1: Yeah. I would say the weed killer is kind of going with what you're saying. I recognize that I'm doing a bad thing, so I'm just going to stop doing the bad thing when the actual like getting rid of the weeds is figuring out what emotional need that bad thing is filling and how can you actually fill that with the things of God instead of...
0: Yeah, because you think about weed killer... Like, I know, I don't know a bunch about weed killer, but that, like, sometimes it works or it works a little bit, but it doesn't really get down to the root. Yeah. Like, you just said, like, just, I'm just going to stop. Well, that's good, probably, depending on what it is. Like, yeah, you should stop, but you shouldn't stop where you stop. Like, yeah. there's more work to get done. Yeah. And I think that's actually a great example because, and that was kind of like Ross, you said, we either cover up with, with something good or seemingly mm-hmm. good, or we just say, like, Jeff, you're saying, we just stop ultimately. And that was kind of the whole point of the message until you dig it out. It's going to keep coming back.
2: Well, yeah. the, the weed killer even, I think about my house, we have like some cracks in our driveway and grass grows right there. And so I'll spray grass killer on it, but it's still yellow and like gross looking. Mm-hmm. So I have to like yeah. go and actually, and it makes it easier to pull out. I mean, when you stop something, makes it easier to maybe address what's going on deeper. Yeah. But like I still have to go get rid of the nasty looking yellow dead grass that's mm-hmm. in my driveway.
0: Right. That's interesting. Yeah, because, and I think, you know, not it doesn't always work our little our weeds and seeds <laughs> metaphors here. Also, I believe beyond the metaphor is is, you know, whatever those things are that you remove that you dig up that, you know, as we did yesterday that you confess, and this is where like weeds can't be really used for good. Not that I know of. Someone will prove me wrong, hopefully. God can use those things for good too whether it's the way you go about removing those things, you know, through confession, through counseling, through accountability, through whatever it might be, like God can use that for good. But then even like the triumph of it, of, man, I had this terrible thing happening, or I was participating in this terrible thing and using those things as part of your testimony. You hear that, like part of your story of how God helped you overcome. Like, to me, that's part of it. It's like, when you remove those things, that's when like good fruit can grow. And sometimes that good fruit is talking about how you remove those weeds in your life. I think about, Mm -hmm. you know, our friends, our recovery friends, and like, that's their deal. It's like, it's not just stopping drinking or stopping using, but it's actually getting rid of that digging into why what disconnect was happening even to an extent like what chemical things happening in them that is pushing them to that but then them using that for their story like using the stopping and the removing themselves of that lifestyle and using that as a story of overcoming and I think that's where ultimately the idea of removing weeds leads us like it's not just about digging all this stuff up to feel bad about yourself and I I actually appreciate Josiah saying that like it's not about sitting in your shame and like well I'm just a shameful person now like I'm, I'm a terrible person I did this thing, I have weeds. And he said it like, we all have weeds. Like Mm -hmm. we all have weeds. And sometimes it's because you didn't do anything. Like it's just the world we live in. It's just a garden that we have. Things are going to pop up. Weeds are going to pop up. Some seasons they don't, some seasons they do. And I think that's where putting these practices into place uh, is important for those times when you start to see that weed pop up out of your soil to be able to take care of. He talked about the Darnell plant and how it looks like wheat, but you don't know. I'm wondering, as I was thinking about that, um, he said weeds look like wheat, you know, bad things that we make or think are good. What would be an example that you've seen in your own life or someone else's whatever that was a Darnell plant? Like it looked like it could be wheat, but once the plant finally blossomed, bloomed, like it wasn't that. When you heard him say that, what did you think about?
1: For me, it was where we live now, but it's the idea of like kind of that selfish ambition where you want to do well at your job. You want to do well at your work, whatever it is, but you find out later that you getting there caused you to be a mean person to others. It caused you to maybe really hurt some other people Mm. uh, because you were just thinking that the thing that was going to make you a good person was your success. Mm. And success is one of those things. It's not necessarily bad. It's a great thing, but if you're stepping on other people to get there, you actually find yourself in a way worse
3: spot. I think about people-pleasing or codependency. Mm. like Those type of things can look good, especially people pleasing. It seems like, oh, they're a person that's just always willing to help, always willing to say yes. It's sometimes like that can be helpful to the other person. That can almost feel like it's fruit. You know, like, well, I did help them with this thing or whatever. But it really is like a can be a weed for your soul. Because ultimately I think what weeds do is it can change the way a garden looks, right? So instead of thinking that we have this beautiful, luscious garden, we just think of it as just a bunch of weeds i think in in relation to us that can kind of become our identity like yeah. we think we no longer are the garden are this thing meant to do good in the world and experience good in the world we're just weeds and that's all we'll ever be weeds that look like wheat relates to our identity yeah. and and ultimately how we're viewing ourselves how we're viewing our our garden and how we view god even you know
0: oftentimes probably it's relational based like things that look like wheat but are weeds are or- relationships, like you said, codependency or people pleasing, um, or even Jeff, like that that selfish ambition, like that's only really bad when it affects you in a negative way, or like you said, you're stepping on people to get somewhere. Yeah. And so I think sometimes we will get down the road and I'm, I'm kind of learning this personally right now. Like we can get down the road in a relationship and realize, you know, either the, this relationship's not good for me or, and this is where I'm figuring out like, or, Hey, this, this relationship is like, it's going to end. It's going to shift in this season and it's going to be less than what it was less time together, less time talking or just, yeah. Hey, it's, it's over now. We can say happy birthday once a year and move Mm -hmm. on. And uh, I'm reading a book just started. So I know nothing about it yet, but uh, it's called necessary endings. Henry cloud is, he's an author. He's a speaker. Um, Real, like, Ross is over there just love. his best friend. Uh, but no, but, like, he's really, really, really good. He wrote a book called Boundaries, like a top, top book. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wrote this book. It's a new book called Necessary Endings. And it's this idea, and I think this has been difficult for me personally, and I think probably personalities like mine because I tend to want to people please and have relationship with everybody. Uh, but it's this idea that, like, there are things that, like, need to come to an end, and that's okay. It doesn't make that thing bad. Uh, it doesn't make that season bad. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it was good for that season. And now it's time to move forward. And I, you know, I was listening to a podcast. As well, I think I've shared with y'all before, at least Montana, about that. Especially coming to our relationships and the metaphor that was used was uh, this idea of floating down a river, and you're you're in your tube, and you start on the river with some people, but as you're floating, you kind of separate. You maybe join a different group. You may float on your own for a little bit, and by the time you get out of the river, you may be with completely different people by then. Thinking about our, you know. Maybe not, hopefully not marriage, but like (laughs) our friendships, those kind of social relationships. Like, I I think that's true. And I think where I've struggled is trying to hold on to those things and force force a relationship or a type of relationship, the reality of what that relationship was 10 years ago into today. Mm-hmm. And that's just not possible because we all change and adapt and shift and Jeffy kind of joked but like we had kids and that changes our world. <laughs> but in saying all that, I think that for me is where when I thought about the Darnell plan, I thought about things that grow and you don't want to cut them off because you're not sure what they're going to be. I think a lot of that does tie back to relationships and how mm-hmm. how fruitful, how healthy, and healthy can be fun. Like, it's just a fun relationship. Like, how healthy is this friendship or this working relationship, whatever it might be, for me? And if it gets to a point where, oh, you know what? That's not weed. That is a weed. Then I've got to do the work to to remove it, to put boundaries up, to to have a necessary ending for that thing.
2: Yeah. I really resonated with when Josiah was talking about the verse I can't remember off the top of my head where God will give you the strength and the desire Two thirteen,
0: 13. Yeah. Yes.
2: To do things according to his plan. You know, I think that's a hard concept because a lot of time, at least for me and people that I know things need to feel, they need to feel right. They need to feel authentic to do them. So when you don't have the desire to do something, Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like you're acting like from Mm -hmm. your true self, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And when you don't have the strength to do something, You know, it's just like, well, I don't want to do this, so I shouldn't do it kind of thing, you know. And I feel like that's where our heads kind of go. So wrestling with that concept of like sometimes there's – and I think this kind of circles back to where you started, Chase, of, you know, what does it mean to be Mm co-laborers? And that, you know, sometimes we have to act in spite of our desire or in spite of our strength. And it's a hopeful – it's a hopeful – verse, because it means that we have the ability to do that, that the spirit of God allows us to do that. But that's like a challenge. That's like a daily kind of tilling of the soil challenge that I think happens. Yeah. This is stuff that's hard and difficult.
1: And it honestly kind of fits with the metaphor of weeds, because if you've ever pulled weeds, which I do in my backyard all the time, I will completely pull this weed out thinking that it's gone And then literally like a week later, it comes right back. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things that's like, unless I somehow completely obliterate it, Mm -hmm. it's going to keep finding itself back up. And so when getting rid of all this stuff that's going on, like these negative things in our life, it might not be this one and done thing where you're just like, oh, you know, I've dealt with it. But it's going to be something that's probably going to keep popping back up. And so when it comes to those verses, like God's going to give you the strength, there's going to be those moments you feel like you don't have any because you've been dealing with this thing for so long. But you understand in that moment that you have somebody you can go to who refills your strength and works alongside you.
0: Yeah, and he said co-laborers, I was thinking about Romans 8, my favorite chapter. And it's verse 16, 17. says, "...the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs or co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him." And I've always wrestled with this idea because Jesus is Lord, right? He was perfect and sinless and, you know, his his death on the cross and resurrection is what gives us life. It ultimately gives us a connection to our Heavenly Father, our, our choosing to follow Jesus and however you can make this work in your head imparts his spirit to us as believers. Like there's so much going on there. But at the same time, this idea that we are co-heirs, or co-laborers with Christ. Like that's hard for me to swallow because it's like, but he's, he's Lord. So how can I be a co with him in anything? And I think those words, co-laborer, co-heirs, this idea that like Jesus was really the example, you know, we don't just tell our kids that and like, go be like Jesus. Like he really was the example to live by. And you know, this verse, the idea of like you're a co-heir if you also choose in the suffering that, that Jesus chose. And, and ultimately Uh, that suffering, I think, ties back to being selfless. Mm. Like, that was it. Like, he didn't, you know, we know this. Like, he didn't have to die. Like, he he chose to do that for us. Um, And everything that we see in Jesus' life, I think, ties back to being selfless. You know, he he took care of himself, yes. He rested. He went away. He spent time with his father. He came back and served people. But all of that was still, like, it was all in this vein of being selfless. Mm. Like, and, and I think that for us, as we think about, being a co-laborer, suffering with him, choosing to be selfless people, that is when we really are co-laborers. And that's when at the end, you know, at the end of that verse, when we're also going to be glorified in the same way that Jesus was, yeah. uh, and, and that new life, uh, we receive that new life. we will be glorified. We will receive those things, um, you know, when when we choose to live a selfless life. And I think too, Jesus didn't just do that. and then, oh, we wrote this stuff about him, like, Jesus said this too. He said, I'm going to go to the Father, and you're going to do more than I did because I go, because yeah. the Holy Spirit comes and and is with you. And, and I just imagine all these guys sitting there, disciples, and 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 even just the crowds of people that were constantly following Jesus and how they looked at this guy doing miracles. They looked at someone who whenever he did get angry, which was few and far between, it was righteous anger. They looked at someone who loved people, who communicated well, who was bringing hope to people. And then he says, oh, you're going to do way more than this. You're going to do way more than this. And like, I have struggles believing that, you know, I say it all the time, but like, do I really think I can do greater than, than these things Jesus did? I think I can really live a life that could ever be equated to being greater than the way Jesus lived? Like, probably not. But I think the the idea of of what Josiah said and the whole thing going back to Philippians is, but I have the power to. Like, mm-hmm. I have the power to live that way. And I can pray and ask the Spirit for help when, on the days when I don't want to or the days that, like you said, Jeff, where I'm just tired and I don't feel like I can keep doing this over and over. Yeah. And I think that is the hope of really this message, like it all going back to put the hard work in to get rid of the weeds so that you can spend your time growing something that's fruitful, multiplying that good fruit that ultimately is a selfless life that does look like the way that Jesus lived. Yeah, absolutely.
2: I've been thinking about this idea like through the whole series and when we've been talking about this, but there's this guy who I know who is a gardener and he's like a part of the master gardeners of Denton County. And (laughs) he like goes and picks up food waste to help, you know, from different stores to help grow his garden and all this stuff. When we've been talking, he's been talking about like the potential of moving somewhere, selling his house, all this. But the thing he comes, keeps coming back to is like, he's lived there for, I think 40 years or something or 30 years. And he says that he's worked so long on the soil that that's the thing that's keeping him from moving is like how good the soil is that Mm -hmm. he's created. And uh, I just think about that, like that, is that's so powerful. That's such a powerful picture to me in relation to like what we're talking about because he's been, like Jeff said, he's been pulling the weeds for so long. He's been tilling for so long. He's been, it's not like he just got to like this incredible soil overnight. And so I see like sometimes, and Josiah spoke to this yesterday, but the weeds in our life can seem like bad things and it can seem like a downer almost to be like, oh, I've got these challenges in my life. <laughs> But it's like I think the hope and the and the 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 dream and the imagination that God wants to give us the wonder is like look where you could be if you just keep putting in the work day after day, mm-hmm. moment after moment, choosing the right thing. Um, there's gonna be times where you know it's hard. There's gonna be times where it looks horrible. There's gonna be times where it doesn't. You you make a mistake and don't do the right thing, um, but you can look down the road in your life you know, the book, Along Obedience in the Same Direction. Like you can look down the road and you can see that like there's going to be this soil that's created, that that's what's keeping you from ever leaving and ever not being planted, you know? So yeah, that's one of the main
1: things that like I like to get across to people is like the reason God asks us all these different things isn't because he's some big guy in the sky who just wants us to do what he says, but he's trying to lead us into a better place and a better way of living
2: yeah I mean the other concept that I thought was really powerful was the confession piece at the end Mm -hmm. yeah it was interesting because I was not expecting Josiah to go that direction just from the message I don't know I don't know why yeah but I was just like okay this is cool that we're (laughs) that we're going here one of my favorite verses and the thing that we use that I use all the time when talking to people in the healing places, James 5, 16. So he talked about 1 John 1, 9, but James 5, 16 says, confess your sins to others so that you may be healed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I use that all the time in the healing place when I'm meeting with people who are sharing their struggles with me to show that like, whenever we confess, whenever we talk about, think of the word sin as like the dark recesses of our soul that we don't want to open up and Mm -hmm. share with anyone else. But when we start to shine light on those places, that's when the healing process starts. Mm -hmm. So just Mm -hmm. by like talking and opening up and and confessing the things that are going on in our life, that can be the catalyst for healing in our life. That can be the catalyst for weeds being pulled from our life. So I thought that was really powerful.
3: I like that he called it when we name the things that aren't in a line with God's yeah. heart, we begin the recalibration process. Yeah, and I liked the idea of recalibrating because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, s- sin, We and we've talked about sin a lot, you know, missing the mark, mm-hmm. being slightly off, um, recalibrating, like bringing us back to the center. And it's like that sometimes you just have to recalibrate. It doesn't mean necessarily like you've done something super bad. It just means that things happen, things come up, you have to recalibrate, and and it's going to be better that way. It's not like you couldn't keep living without the recalibration, but the recalibration is going to make it easier and better.
1: Yeah, and I think it's God kind of painting this picture of what his kingdom looks like, because when you recalibrate, what that is, is your talking about all these things you're dealing with and God is responding with his love for you mm-hmm. that even in those moments where you're not feeling so great about yourself that he still declares you worthy and declares you his beloved and things like that and then you can take that and give that to your community mm-hmm. Because you understand all the weeds that you have in your garden, and you can tell that other people have weeds too, and that even though you're loved by God, they're loved by God as well, and you can love them. And so he kind of paints this picture of like, this is what the kingdom looks like. It's Mm -hmm. people living in this understanding that even though we have these things that we're going through, they don't decide our value or worth Mm -hmm that all of us are loved and that we, you can be in a community where not only does God fully know you and fully love you, but there are people around you fully know you and fully love you too. And I think that's honestly what real freedom looks like, yeah. of I don't have to be this other person around anybody.
2: I can just be myself. Mm. It's just like I feel like confession, like it it is, it's the antidote for isolation and hiding, you know, because like and not, you know, obviously, Satan's the father of lies and his goal is to like separate you and isolate you Mm. and tell you something that isn't all the way true. It's not just even a Christian principle like I don't know if y'all saw the UFC fight, um, Mm. Patty the Batty he after his win he said that he dedicated the fight to a friend who had uh, died by suicide and he was and he said like if anyone needs someone to talk to like re- like i'm telling you now reach out to someone yeah. you know like that's what confession is right it's yeah. like we feel like we're carrying this massive weight of something that we can't share with someone else cuz we're so ashamed or we feel so alone or we feel like it's you know going to be the end of the world and if we could just open up mm-hmm. and share what's going on inside then it's a step towards healing in our life
0: yeah the follow-up to that, there's the confession and then the accountability. Uh, in verse 16, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Then James gives this reminder of like, hey, Elijah was this man and, uh, you know, with a nature like ours and he prayed and it rained and he prayed and it stopped. It kind of it feels like a little random that he puts that in there But then he follows up with, my brethren, and this is how he closes out. If any among you strays from the truth and one turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from their error of his way will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. And I love that idea. Like those words, you know, may have different connotations, however, you were. Raised or whatever. But like the idea of like, if one of you turns a sinner from their ways, like from the error of their ways, you save their soul, you help them, and you cover a multitude of sin. Like that idea of like, when we confess and we allow ourselves to be accountable, then someone can call us out, someone can help us, someone can pray with us, someone can walk alongside of us. And we get to do that for people too. And when we do that, we cover a multitude of sins. Like we help people avoid these things. We Get down with them and help them dig up those weeds in their in their life. And when there another one pops up, we can say, hey, look, there's one more. Uh, when something is growing and it looks like wheat, we can say, we gotta keep an eye on that, because it may not be wheat. It may be weed. It may be, you know, the Darnell plant. But like I, I love that picture though, because it's exactly what you're saying. Like Ross, when when we confess something, I think there's even a responsibility. Uh, you know, you're in the healing place. So yeah, there's some weight to that. There's a weight to being a care coach in the healing place, because when someone does confess something to us, that should open the door for us to say, you know, like James finishes here, like, I'm going to help you. And I want to help you turn from your way. I want to help you put guardrails up because if I don't, then I'm responsible now for what has been shared. And I don't want you to, to fall back into those things. And, and that to me is the power of community. It's the power of like you're saying, both of you guys said, you know, being fully known and fully loved, um, it's it's part of recalibrating our, our life and helping others recalibrate. And I think that's the power of the church, the power of us gathering often and, mm-hmm. and being in each other's lives and sharing together.
2: I mean, I even see, you know, Chase, you talked about it last week, I think, you know, that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and mm-hmm. the word of our testimony, or we talked about it, maybe at Talk It Out Live, plug for Talk It Out Live. Like I think about a uh, I saw someone on social media who was talking about the um, change from the National Suicide Hotline from whatever to now it's like 988 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was talking about how she had struggled with mental health, had used that hotline, and she, like, wanted to be a resource for people, like, and kind of sharing her story. And just thinking, like, in light of that verse, like, think about someone who may have, was considering, you know, was having suicidal ideation, whatever it is, and now they could reach out to this girl because she opened up about her struggles that I had never heard about before, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, that to me is like she's covering a multitude of sins because mm-hmm. now she is maybe saving the life of someone mm-hmm. because she was open and confessed and shared about yeah. what was going on in her own life. You yeah, know what I mean? Too. Like just the potential that we have through the word of our testimony to potentially like save the lives of people, yeah. you know, whether that is in a soul sense or it's in a physical literal sense.
1: Yeah. Well, and too, like even in the soul sense, like how does the enemy attack you if all your junk is already out in the open? And you have a community of people who love you and are working with you through it. Wow. It destroys all that.
0: Mm -hmm. That's good. All right. So uh, to wrap up today for our question of the day, uh, I'm going to highlight that we have worship night on Wednesday, July 27th, which if you're listening on release day, that would be tomorrow, uh, 7 p.m. there in Argyle. And so let me ask uh, right now. Today, what is your favorite worship song that you were listening to on repeat? Go, Chase. I can go first if you want. Uh, So
1: full confession, I'm really not a big music guy. I'd rather listen to thoughts and ideas. Uh, But honestly, my favorite worship song in the past long time, and this isn't like this is me being perfectly genuine, is (laughs) Hope in the Hurting. I think it's a fantastic song. Mm. And I think there's a lot of healing that comes through it when you just understand that, like, hey, in the middle of your struggle, you have a God who loves you, and there's still hope in the middle of it. So that's that's mine.
3: I think this is not a new song I'm listening to, but it's a song I always come back to, and it's Beautiful Things. Mm. Gunga. Yeah. And I feel like I love that song so much.
1: That's a great song.
2: I love that song. So good. My turn. Uh, Ross? I... I really like um, this artist named Andy Squires. He's got a bunch of different songs. He's like a writer too online if you go look him up. But yeah, he's got a song called Cherry Blossoms that's really good. He's I feel like his songs are like super honest and it's less like uh, corporate worship and more just like the reality of a walk with God and being honest about sorrow and pain in the midst of like God's goodness and stuff. So Chase?
0: Yeah, mine's definitely a Worthy of My Song by uh, Phil Wickham, Maverick City, Chandler Moore. It's a collab. Big, big old corporate song. Um, but they have a, the the tag at the end is Worthy of It All. So Worthy of My Song, Worthy of It All. Get me every time. And so that's been on repeat pretty much all summer. Worthy, worthy of My Song. So. Sounds like a power. Like Phil Wickham and Maverick City? I know, it's like... The Avengers of Worship. The we, Worship have Avengers. That? Have we done that at church at all? I don't think we have yet. Okay. I asked for it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> awesome. Maybe maybe I'll get it my week this week. Nice. We'll see. But hopefully we'll see you there. Worship night. Thanks so much for listening. It's really great. I had to talk to a few of y'all listening right now on Sundays and so thanks for coming up and having a conversation uh, whether you're mowing the lawn walking around the neighborhood whatever you're doing listening right now we're glad that you listen we hope that this conversation was helpful uh, and gave you some new insights and some new things to think about uh, as you journey down this road we call life and uh, on this on this road with Jesus and so i want to encourage you to share this with somebody uh, and put it on your calendar for next month our talk it out live Uh, that's our live event we do in argyle Uh, get to meet some new people and have this kind of conversation that is going to be on august 18th uh, at seven o'clock we'll have some snacks it'll be a really good time we had a lot of fun uh, this past thursday and kind of our our soft launch getting it kicked off and so hope to see you there uh, next month but have a great day we'll see you next time on talk it out